There is a space where you are all you need, where you are all you want. All there is is here. Welcome to the Source Connection, conversations about who we truly are, the possibilities of creation and the new earth we are birthing, with your host, Tara Long and Liz B. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Source Connection. I'm Tara, and I'm here with my sister, Liz, my co-host, and we're super excited to talk to Gabriel and Wes today from the Anastasia Foundation here in the U.S. But before we get to that, let's um, take a few moments. So wherever you are, you can sit comfortably. If you can, if you can uh, touch your feet to the ground, that's awesome. And if not, you can sit cross-legged. You can lie down if you're at home listening and want to relax. Just get yourself nice and comfortable. And if you'd like to close your eyes, you can do that as well. Turning your gaze inward. Just coming to this moment right here and right now. There's nowhere else to be. There's nothing else to do except to be here with each other right now. And feel your breath moving in and out of your body. Maybe the breath begins to relax a little bit and become deeper and longer. Feeling the rise and fall of the chest, maybe even the abdomen. Bringing yourself back into your body or really feeling yourself in your body in this moment. Feeling the miracle of your body and of your presence and of you being here right now. bringing all of yourself to this present moment. Whatever that is, is perfectly okay. Whatever is you in this moment is totally accepted. Just letting yourself be as you are. No need to change anything, no need to fix anything. Just relaxing into yourself. Connecting to that infinite and divine nature of you, whatever that means for you. Remembering your source. Just being here together for a moment. 
and acknowledging how special that is. Feeling yourself as the pure love that you are. Feel how you radiate that outwards into the world, to all beings everywhere. And let's take three deep breaths together. Mm. Mm. And as you feel ready, you can Begin to move your body a little bit, however it wants to move. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes, just coming back to the space that you're in. <sighs> Thanks everyone. Um, so Gabriel, Gabriel and Wesley, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Um, I'm so excited to hear more about you both and also the Anastasia Foundation here in the U.S. So we'd like to start um, just as you would like to introduce yourselves, whatever you'd like to share, and then um, how you came to be in this moment, and, and then whatever you'd like to share about the foundation as well. We'll start there. All right. Well, first, Tara and Liz, thank you for having us. We're grateful to be here and to be able to speak about Anastasia and the Ringing Cedars. For anyone who doesn't know me, I would assume it's probably most of the people listening. My name is Gabriel Miguel. I'm the founder and executive director of the Anastasia Foundation. And we are bringing together all the readers internationally of the Ringing Cedars of Russia series that was written by Vladimir McGree. And we're helping these people connect and basically connect them, inspire them, resource them, so that way the vision of the books can be actualized in the world. And we will definitely get into what that vision is and what yes. we're trying to actualize, but basically happy families everywhere and paradise on earth in the most practical yet uh, elevated philosophy that has probably ever been introduced. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. So there's there's so much to unpack. I don't even want to get into it yet. But uh, <laughs> um, I guess Wes, you can you can step in too, bro. Um, yeah, I would just add that one of the main tenets of the books is she describes humanity following an artificial programming as opposed to natural programming. And I personally grew up in Appalachia for the first ten years of my life, like in a log cabin. I could identify everything very much in the natural world. And then I moved to Brooklyn, New York, and I saw like sheetrock for the first time. And I remember going, what is this weird stuff? <laughs> so when I read the books, I was like, oh, I get it. The natural versus the artificial. I totally get it. And then the other thing that happens when you read the books is you want to immediately meet everyone else who's been turned on by these books. And so that's how Gabe and I got to know each other. We've been working together since 
And then we met Liz at Music and Sky, and, and that's how uh, we got to right here. Yes. So happy. Yeah. We've been having these conversations um, here and there, and um, we were so excited to come together here to just talk and um, amplify the field, like I like to say, right? So more people can be touched by mm. the story and the possibilities. And I haven't read the book, but which I find interesting because you were talking about how to connect everybody, right? Who has read the books mm -hmm. and how to recreate and, and really actualize that. But I told you, Gabriel, when we were talking last time that even though I haven't read the book, the transmission that both of you were able to bring through that Alpha Vedic podcast episode was enough to spark me to recognize mm. the seed of that intention. And I'm um, so happy we're here today and we get to share with others what that vision is. And it's just so juicy and beautiful and exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. And so Gabriel is going to be do, doing some screen sharing with us today. So I want to ask you both personally, when did you read the books and how did that come into your lives, right? Yeah, I I first read the books back in 2014, around in, in November. So I don't know how many years that is now, almost eight, eight years. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, to make a long story short, I was following some spiritual teacher at the time who I don't follow anymore. And basically, he was mentioning the Siberian master Anastasia, is what he said. And those words just kind of stuck with me, Siberian master Anastasia. And I'm like, who is that? Who is this? And so I Google the books. I, I Google Siberian master Anastasia and I get ringing cedars. And I'm like, okay, what's ringing cedars? And I click and I see this website full of all these testimonials about these books. And I'm like, I need these books uh, very much. Um, I need, I, the, the, the feeling of need was stronger than anything I had ever had. I'm like, Anastasia mm -hmm. books need them more than anything. So I get the books back when you could get them for like four bucks. Uh, on yeah, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Um, we're working to fix that, but I got the first few books for like four dollars, and wow. um, I devoured eight of them in two weeks. And um, basically, halfway through the first book, everything that Anastasia and Vladimir were saying was so true and clear and life affirming and uplifting and giving so much inspiration to my heart and my soul that I was like, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to doing this and spreading this vision and making this a big thing in the world. And basically the books are so, there's no like dogma in them. They're just clear, undistorted truth. And there's no mysticism. There's no spiritual, like ego stuff. It's all just the clearest truth that you've ever heard. And that was so great for me at that time because I had been reading a bunch of different religious books already as a pretty young guy. I read, you know, all the Buddhist stuff, all the Christian stuff, Hindu things, you know, uh, Taoism and all that. And I, I just wasn't satisfied, but um, with the philosophies of everything, but these books kind of, stopped my search you know i found all the answers i was looking for life why are we here what are we doing how do we be happy how do we 
um, what is our purpose and all these things. The books kind of answered all of it for me. And uh, that was it for me. Yeah. And what's nice about the books is they cross-reference all these other sacred texts, you know, so you kind of get all of all a distillation of all of them. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the first year I read the book, the first book, um, you hear about them, you know, years before you read them. It's kind of like Bernie Man in that way. You hear about it and then eventually you get it. So, um, but yeah, I found the first book in a used bookstore for like 99 cents in, in British Columbia in Vancouver. And I read it. And then I didn't, I mean, I was turned on by it, but I didn't have the other books. So, you know, I just went about my life. And then in 2014, I came into the rest of the books. And what really cinched it for me is the books tell you, read these in nature because nature will uh, mm -hmm. respond to the information in the books and, and wake up to you. And I was literally reading the book on the deck of a uh, home in West Virginia in nature. And a bear comes out of the woods. Like, and never have we seen a bear there. And all of a sudden there's this bear and I'm reading the book. I'm like, whoa, it said this would happen. <laughs> and it was so powerful because, you know, up until that moment, you always have that, you know, you entertain, this might not be hundred percent real. It's pretty fantastical. You know, squirrels come and open up nuts for her. She sleeps <laughs> with a bear. It sounds like a Disney movie. But when that happened, when that experience happened, I was really impressed, <laughs> to say the least. And I contacted the writer, Vladimir, in Russia and somehow got a response. And wow. I was working with my brother to create an event at the United Nations through this nonprofit, Nexus Global. And so I invited him to come speak on community building. And he came and he brought his granddaughter and his granddaughter spoke volumes about them. She spoke English. And we had such a good convening that I just knew that this man wasn't lying. I knew that he had written these in earnest and, and that, you know, the information in there is all real. So, yeah, I think since then, I've just been, you know, trying to create a kin's domain, which we'll get into. Yeah. Um, but this is the lifestyle that we all would thrive in. Um, we're kind of stuck in arrested development, living in the sheetrock box. Like, look at mine. Um, <laughs> but you know, luckily I get outside a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how how uh, they came to me. Wow! Wow! Yeah, so mm, so beautiful. I've actually I read the first Anastasia book not that long ago, and yeah, seeing her like sleeping with the bears and all the animals, you know, and her doing these like flips and all these things, and he's just like, oh my god, what is this? You know, it's. It, it's just like, even though there's very specific things in the books, and of course, I haven't read them all about how to do certain things and create your garden and all of these things. It's such a, so in alignment with the Renaissance that we're really going through right now, right? Especially in the past couple of years. And we're, we're, there's a few different paths, right? And there is the path that's really connecting so much more to nature and it's so universal and these principles and they're so universal. And like you said, Gabriel, it's not dogmatic. It's not preaching anything to you. It's really available for people. And it's really connecting. Like when I read the book, I did feel like such a connection in my heart. You know, it's not like you're doing it wrong. And so, you know, it's just, it's really, yeah. So I, I love that about the, uh, the book that I read. 
So I'd love to get into for everybody who maybe has never heard of these books, never heard of any of this stuff, like what is the vision? And specifically too, like yeah. I know it started in Russia and it's really growing in Russia because I looked at your website, but what do you, what's your vision here in the US as well? And maybe does that differ from other places? Yeah, a lot of well, these are some great questions. <laughs> yeah, these are some great questions with some with some big answers. So this is going to be great. <laughs> Take all the um, time. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be good. So I, I wanted to say, like, what are the books about, right? Because we're ringing series of Russia books. What are these about? What are the visions? Because there's kind of multiple. Um, I would say, you know, some of the main things that Anastasia and Vladimir discuss. Um, Anastasia talks about every aspect of, of life, of, of our existence. She talks about the purpose of mankind, our relationship with God um man's true relationship with nature and how to actualize that and experience that raising children in the image of god to be happy and healthy and full of love and and to be just divine beings um she talks about creating happy families but not only just creating happy families but what she calls preserving love in families mm -hmm which I think is the most practical thing in the world for us as the human species to be talking about. How do we preserve love forever yeah. in our families so that way families stop falling apart and our world becomes a world full of love, right? Can sound can sound optimistic or whatever or, or dreamy, but in truth, it's the most practical thing we should be discussing. And she talks about how to do that, how to make sure that uh, people's love doesn't go away, but it just continues to grow. She talks about turning this world back into a green, flourishing garden paradise where every family has their own piece of the motherland for themselves and their children to grow up in and experience and uh, be nurtured by that piece of land. Um, it's a two and a half acre piece of land called the kin's domain, you know, the domain of your kin, right? Past, present, and future. You settle your family here. Um, you God, I'm I'm gonna get into that like separately because that's its own yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, but 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 she talks about covering the world in, in these kin's domains and basically how can we okay, what I wanted to get back to is <laughs> we she basically there's two directions that we can go, right? There is the technocratic path of development, as she calls it, where we continue developing technology and we continue destroying the world people aren't happy etc cetera, etc cetera, violence pollution or she we can go the biological path of development where basically using the tools and everything that god has given us in this world that he has created and put here the natural things we can continue developing our society in that direction using those things um, and creating a more beautiful and perfect world each day and mm -hmm. uh, a, a more a more uh, perfected dwelling land. You know, she talks about the main purpose of human humankind can be summed up in four words. And she says, perfect the dwelling land. And she says, mm -hmm. those four words can determine the usefulness or uselessness of all of humanity's actions. And so if we are taking actions that are harmful to the land that we are stewarding, then it's useless under any circumstance. But then she says, uh, perfecting the dwelling land, perfecting this land around you means perfecting yourself, you mm -hmm. know, because you give, you give a material embodiment 
to the in the space around you to what's within you if you only have destruction and like darkness in your consciousness you can't manifest beauty and perfection outside of you and so it's this beautiful thing this beautiful infinite feedback loop of like perfection that just continues um mm -hmm. and so and she also talked about perfecting the dwelling land means you have to um give birth to children who are more perfected than yourself and in order to do that you have to give them a dwelling land that is uh perfected and that they can keep perfecting so anyway i actually forget what the original questions were there's a couple and i and i started going on a bit of a tangent um can you remind me right. Tara, yeah yeah it was the, the vision the for the vision. books the vision okay um and then also your vision here in the u.s and does Got that differ it. at all from the original vision is it is it in alignment with that yeah and, yeah and so let me to talk about the vision of the books let me talk a little bit more about anastasia because we we're okay. getting all this information like from anastasia and from the books and i want to share with the audience who who she is and so anastasia the siberian master anastasia as i heard yeah. first heard it um she lives in the deep deep it's called the taiga in siberia so incredibly remote siberian pine forest basically nobody lives up there she's completely alone and the interesting thing about her is that her and her family line have lived separately from the rest of humanity since the first day of creation basically um she you know basically her family line has existed separately from the rest of us and they have not developed in this downward technological technocratic path of development that we've gone down they have kind of stayed pure and pristine and retaining all the abilities and information and consciousness of pristine man as we would say you know um so anastasia the interesting thing about her is that through her lifestyle through her consciousness through her culture the way she was raised that's been passed down um she has perfect genetic memory of everything that has happened from you know the beginning of time um from the first day that man was created and so she can speak about everything in history that's ever happened and uh she can also model scenes from the future and speak about those things accurately and there was a bunch of predictions that when the books were written in the 90s in russia have already come true today there's a whole bunch of things that she said would happen that would happen and like things on national scales mm -hmm. you know what i mean not just like this wow. guy's gonna you know uh whatever have a daughter or something it's like no the, the russian government's gonna pass a law and they're gonna do this and that and this and that and then 15 years later it happened um so she can uh she has all kinds of abilities and powers and things she can teleport and she can read people's minds but none of that is the main thing the main thing is that she can um, speak about our true origins, what she calls our pristine origins. And she conveys that message of who we truly are from the essence from the first day to everyone so clearly. She conveys what man in the image of God really is. You know what I mean? And she and she and she also brings this idea of God into the most tangible um and easy to feel and understand way that has i think has ever been put forth she makes god very easy and accessible and paints him to be this very kind loving accessible 
father who uh, is just very tender and and all these things. Very beautiful. Um, so Anastasia, that she's been living, her family's been living up there in the Taiga probably for centuries, millennia. Um, she's been stewarding a piece of land there. And so why you can kind of see why listening to someone like that um makes sense, right? Because she has all these uh this this wisdom that's been preserved. But the thing I want to say for some people, you don't have to believe she exists. That's secondary. She says for herself in the books that I exist for those for whom I exist, right? Yeah. So she exists for you and yeah. she exists for you. If she doesn't exist for you, she doesn't. But the main thing I want to share with people is that the information that has come through these books and the actual change in the world and in millions of people's consciousness is is the fruit of of what has been shared. So it's like you you know by their fruit you shall know them and whether it's real whether she's real or not there is real tangible fruit in the world millions of people's lives have been changed the earth is being turned into a green paradise in many places now because of what has happened in these books. And so believe it or not it's still happening. And just take the information for for what it is and what it does in your heart and your mind. Mm -hmm. So I just want to share that because some people have questions about like, does she exist? And I think it's kind of secondary. Um, and so the vision, now that we know like who Anastasia is, is um basically she is trying to uh well, let me let me pull up the kin's domain slides here. So yeah. Just I want to show everyone what a kin's domain is. Um, let me come up here. I got to turn my thing off. Appreciate your patience, everybody. Sharing my screen. Can you guys see this? It's loading. It's yeah. It's, it's loading. It's coming online. It's so. What I when I hear you talk about this two different paths that are in front of everyone right these two choices yeah. that end up being multi-choice in so many ways i hear one being the man-made technology and one being us as the technology the biological technology which is nature which is our bodies the infinite wisdom that circles and enraptures and creates the earth. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a deep feeling of recognition and just like a big sigh, like, ah. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's, well, it's super clarifying, right? What I found when I read these books is that they just clarified and affirmed all the things I already thought and felt, you know? And Anastasia gave like so much detail to, everything I thought, like beyond what I imagined, mm. like I'd always wanted to have a log cabin and live in the forest. But then when she starts talking about the kin's domain, I'm like, no, that's what I really <laughs> want. Um, and, and I found a whole bunch of people have had the same reaction. Mm. They had this inclination towards nature and a natural life. But then when they encounter this information, they're like, no, that's actually really the fulfillment of one I want. So mm. for anyone who isn't familiar with the kin's domain, this is going to blow your mind. We're going to yep get into this. Yes. You guys can see my screen, right? Yes. Okay, great. So what is a kin's domain? Uh, it's a two and a half acre piece of land that you take in perpetuity to basically turn into a little corner of paradise and hand it down to your, your family forever, right? 
So there's a lot to unpack there. Why two and a half acres? Because the point is you want to interact with each piece of that land um, directly. And so Anastasia says that two and a half acres is kind of the sweet spot where you can interact with a piece of land without having to bring in external help. You know, mm-hmm. you, you don't necessarily, it's not the point of it isn't like homesteading just to homestead. It's really about the spiritual consciousness of man knowing God through interacting with God's creations, which mm-hmm. is nature. Because she basically says that God has manifested himself. His material body is the entire universe. The natural universe that we observe is God's material body and the trees and the plants and the birds and and the water are his thoughts. And by consciously communicating with this and interacting with it, you can begin to have a relationship and understand God very deeply and um, fulfill the purpose for why we're here. So two and a half acres, it's kind of the sweet spot. And what you do, you can see these are a bunch of different images that are drawn by Russian people. It's very inspired art, but I have real photos of Kin's domains as well that you'll be able to see here. I, ha- I have a tremendous amount of them actually, but um, for demonstration purposes, I like to use this one because it's really accurate, like permaculture design. So you have a, you have a living fence of trees here on the perimeter and basically 50 to 75% of this land is reserved for forest. You can put some beehives in there. You have um, lots of structures. She, she suggests making structures out of living trees. So like a gazebo, you can plant the trees and it can turn into a gazebo. You can have a, a pen for chickens in the forest made out of saplings. One for a goat made out of saplings. You dig a pond. You have your vegetable garden, you have an orchard, um, you set it up however you want. It's completely unique to the person. Um, everyone's kin's domain winds up looking different. And basically, um, you build your house um, and, you know, you manifest this place. But um, the the main point here is that uh, a husband and wife or a man and woman or even single people Um, But it's mainly, you know, um, I'll just talk about it from the a a man and woman's perspective. They come together and this idea I was talking about earlier of preserving love, right? There's an initial spark between people. And basically, you can take that love that you feel between you and the other person and manifest it in this land. So she what she talks about is like the most practical um method of 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 preserving our love that we can we can experience so she basically says the love that you feel in your heart towards your partner you can use that love and that inspiration and plant this garden plant this kin's domain and it will feel that energy and reflect it back at you mm-hmm. so then you have two and a half acres that is reflecting and growing because this is is it a living creation it continues growing over time and uh preserving that energy and reflecting it back at you and your family and so she says when people do that that um love will never go away from them and that mm-hmm. basically you know their their children will grow up in this space that was planted for them 
So the whole point is like you create this space and then you bring children in or you raise the children that you already have, right? There's all these different life situations. But if we're talking about it from the beginning, she's saying like you, you know, you create this space and then you have children here and then they grow up. And then the children have the great, great, great privilege of saying like, look, that apple tree was planted for me. That walnut tree was planted for me. This flower garden was planted for me. Like my mom and dad thought about this, like, and they raised me here. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a beautiful idea. Mm -hmm. And that's how we're all supposed to be born. We, we grew up in this technological world and maybe some of us had the fortune of being born in a situation like this, but most of us didn't. And we're all supposed to have a piece of land that's our own, a space that's our own, that kind of cherishes us and feeds us and nurtures us and all these things. And so, um, and then each, each family has one of these, right? A two and a half acre kin's domain. But then you can have what's called a kin's domain settlement. So if you look at this picture here, that is loading. Uh, if you see these squares here, each of these squares is one family's kin's domain. And so you wind up creating a, a community of people living this way. And this is what's happened in Russia and what's happening internationally. So basically, um, there is varying numbers on how many of these settlements there are in Russia. I heard like more than a thousand. Um, the largest ones are like 400 families, wow. each with two and a half acres. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's a that's big amazing. thing. It's mm -hmm. a huge thing that's happening and people don't know. Um, so it's like a thousand settlements, uh, two and a half acres each. And they're older. The oldest ones are like 25 years old, if not a bit older. Um, so people are already having children. Children have grown up on these things their trees and all these things have matured. I went in 2016 and saw it all for myself. Um, I went to the largest and oldest Kinsey Domain settlement and um, it's an entirely different world. So what winds up happening is you create what Anastasia calls like the new civilization. You create a society where the conditions for poverty don't exist, you know, because everyone winds up being fed and supported by their community. The conditions for violence don't exist because violence is basically created out of economic necessity. Um, and the other thing is that um, you have families that uh, stay in love and they don't fall apart. Children that grow up in a happy, pure, clean environment, everybody eating healthy food, um, self-regulating, self-governing, sovereign communities mm -hmm. where they handle their own affairs. Um, and this spreads across the world. So in Russia alone, there's more than a thousand. Um, all over the rest of the world, there's hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands. Um, and what we're doing is trying to bring together all the people in the United States who want to create their own domains and who want to, um, you know, create settlements and, and find each other and, and have children and live this beautiful life. So this is a husband and wife in Russia. They built this beautiful little house by themselves all these little structures here and they've got this beautiful garden um and i've got so many photos if you guys don't mind i can go through some photos Please. and show people yeah. what this really looks like um so i'm just gonna go through here these are all from real settlements in russia um so people can see this is a group of some of the settlers in one in one of the settlements these are some domains from above and you can see they all look really different um, this is some nice aerial shots. 
This is another settlement that's kind of under development, but you can see the square plots here. Um, you know, just women and children and they have festivals all the time in Russia. They're always celebrating life. <laughs> it's beautiful. They do these traditional dances. I, I actually went and participated in some of this beautiful circle dancing. Um, it's really fun. Um, I actually was in this room uh, with maybe even this exact group of musicians. And um, they they have bards and they sing this beautiful um, ringing cedars inspired music. Um, so they have community rooms, they do community events and things. Um, this is a different settlement. I met these people. This this was like the happiest guy I ever met in my life. Um, <laughs> his name is Dima. He's, he's an angel. Um, yeah, so happy family, you know, they're doing music and all types of culture. Um, they have, this is a different settlement. They have stages and they're always doing events. But one, one of the main things I wanted to share here, okay, this picture melts my heart um, because this is the life I think every child deserves. Um, I know for a fact when I was a baby, I didn't get to crawl around <laughs> in, in the water like that and experience nature. And, and this is the truth. This is what it's all about right here, man. This little yeah. picture right here is kind of what does it for me. Mm. Um, so <laughs> it's 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 adorable um but that you know all children deserve to grow up that way to be happy and free and to interact with the creator's beautiful glorious Mm -hmm. world and to to not have to suffer at the hands of this technocratic destruction that we have unfortunately brought upon ourselves and um there's there's all this beautiful community stuff they make their own um you know, products. This is cedar oil that they make from the Siberian pine. Um, Siberian cedar, oh, it's yeah. used interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Kids planting trees um, with their moms. And and by the way, there's so much to say about the Kins domain. But if I go back to this picture here, um, this is like an accurate to scale model of two and a half acres. And you can see how many trees are on here. I talked to a Russian family in August and they told me they plant 400 trees and bushes and stuff per year on their domain. Wow. wow. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. And so you think about 300 families doing that, um, you have the ultimate scale solution for reforesting the world. Um, and it's not like some government program that you have to expend resources. It's like families want to do this. Um, and they're doing it for their own interest. And the beautiful thing, the last thing I'll say is that each domain is a space for one family. It's not like a communal thing. Mm -hmm. Um, the communities get formed because all the families want to live this way next to other people that want to live this way. But the focus isn't necessarily on creating a community per se. It's about creating a space for your family, right? So each person wants to create a space for their family, and then they get around a bunch of other people that want to do that. And so a a community forms, but it's not about like, you know, it's different from what we know as eco-villages in the West. Mm -hmm. It's not like um, they have communal meals or everything is done communally and people live communally. Everything is more individualistic. There is shared spaces. Everybody decides how they want to organize it. Um, yeah. There are shared spaces like you saw in some of those photos. Um, sometimes the 
parents will get together and do schooling, um, create their own schools and all that. But yeah, that's the big difference. And so, yeah, the kin's domain is uh, you, oh, and when you die, um, you get buried here. And basically, this place serves, you, you create this place and it serves as an eternal memorial to you. And basically, um, since you have manifested your thoughts here, it's kind of like your consciousness never leaves and people never feel like you're gone because they're oh. interacting with your creations every day. And so Anastasia says the souls of the departed actually stay above the domain as guardian angels and uh, they don't just go off into space, um, into the blackness, but they stay here guiding and protecting the people um, who live here. And then eventually you reincarnate in this place. And so, man, I'm going on a tangent. I got one thing to say, I swear to God, and I'll stop. Um, so the last thing I'll say is um, Anastasia talks about how to be immortal and um, how to realize our immortality. And what she says is that there's three conditions to realize immortality. She says, one, um, man has to create a space to which he aspires and to which he is attracted. So that's basically your kin's domain. Number two, she says at least one person in the world needs to think of you with love. And number three, she says that at the moment of death, you can't admit the thought of death, but you have to visualize life anew in the space that you've created. So when you're passing away, you're thinking of life in this beautiful domain that you've created. You know, you're, you're thinking of all of this and, and living there again. And she says, the universe doesn't allow a life creating thought to die. And so she says, what happens is you come back and you're born into the next generation of the people who are living there, um, <laughs> however long that takes, but it, it does happen. And so what happens actually is you have happy reincarnations forever, which mm -hmm. the implications wow. of that are unbelievable because she basically has solved the problem of all the religions, which is like stopping this eternal suffering that we have. Um, mm -hmm. And she basically puts you on this wheel of of reincarnating happily into a more and more perfected land uh, mm -hmm. forever and living in in paradise. So there, that that's a lot. I, I'll stop for now. <laughs> I have no, more pictures if you guys want to see later. Um, so, but mm. yeah, I, so, I, I was kind of in the flow there. I know it was a bit of an information dump, but I hope you know that was good. No, we we can maybe even have another time where we just really go into because there's so much. I mean, there's how many books? Nine, eight or nine books? Nine total, right? Ten. With the ten, okay, ten books of information, <laughs> and it was just so like the kin's domain becomes richer and richer. It's like cumulative, right? With every like generation mm -hmm. and just the the talking about where how everybody stays there, and it's just reincarnate. It's just so beautiful. So much I could say about that, but I do want to. Um, reiterate what you said about it not being an eco village because that's something that really stood out to me uh, because there's mm -hmm. so and there I'm sure there are eco villages in the world that are beautiful and that work and that are great there are um, but a lot of times my experience what I've heard and what I've seen with people and communities is that it doesn't actually end up working <laughs> because there's too many different Correct. things going on and personalities and emotional wounds and all of this so the kin's domain really solves that where each family has their own has their own space. Mm -hmm. 
And there's one thing I, I just want to um, ask you to maybe expand on a little bit that I was yeah. reading on the, on the website um, about, it said there's something called the motherland party, right? Like if you're going to have a political oh, party, yeah. it's called the motherland party. <laughs> and it actually helps people to find their soulmates. It says the degree yeah. of civil, the, the degree of civilization of any given state needs to be judged on the basis of the number of happy, loving families living therein. Mm-hmm. Now, so beautiful. It just brought tears to my eyes. So I'd love for you to expand on yeah. that. Let me, let me share this page because I'm going to bring up this motherland party thing on our, on our website here. And um, yeah, that's a quote from, from Vladimir. And basically, well, I'm living on the land, right? Because that is the basis of, oh, crap. <laughs> um, I, I got to forget to turn my video off. Um, sorry. Am I still here? That's okay. Yeah, you're here. If, if I don't turn off, if I don't turn off my video and I start start sharing my screen, um, it crashes. Oh, so weird. Let me try okay. that again. As yeah, real, my like... computer can't handle it. Go, go ahead, Liz. I said Gabriel is as real as you would like to believe he is. <laughs> <laughs> I exist for those for whom I exist. Yes, exactly. Um, so basically, yeah, what are we talking about here is happy, loving families living on the land. And here's more Kin's Domain footage, by the way. Um, and so the Motherland Party, the idea behind this is it actually was a real party in Russia for a couple decades. It recently wow. disbanded, um, but they are putting together another version of it. But basically, the point of the party is to get laws passed where every family who wants two and a half acres to create their kin's domain can have it. And that actually has happened in Russia. Um, Currently on the national scale, they're voting on that law. Um, It's in the Duma now. It's a bit at a standstill because of all the political things happening in Russia, but it's in the Duma. And uh, in one of the, in a couple of regions, one of the, the provinces you would say of russia they in belgorod they passed a law where every family gets two and a half acres um and and whoever wants it can get it and so you know i'm connected with some people out there and um they got a group of families and they got 150 acres of land for free um and they get grants from the government to develop their domains and businesses and all these things and they're just living (laughs) happily and um they passed a law some years ago called the Far East Hectare Act, where they were giving out a huge amount of land in the Far East, um, two and a half acres to each family. And I think the first day that that law was passed, the website broke because too many people applied. They got like 44,000 applications in a day or something. Wow. Um, And (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's actually happening. Um, And so the motherland party, the point is to, oh yeah, finding your soulmate. Right, because to create the kin's domain, you have to look for people who think that this is like not a practical thing to be talking about. Finding your soulmate is like the most practical thing we could be discussing because <laughs> that's the person that you're gonna build a happy life with and have children with, right? Like it's a actually a super serious thing. Um, and so Anastasia talks about in the books about how to find your soulmate. And then, you know, to preserve the love between you, create this kin's domain 
and have happy children. So yeah, we should have a political party that helps people find their soulmate and helps people <laughs> um, create happy families. For your um, matchmaking needs, please contact Gabriel. <laughs> Asia Foundation. Yeah. Wesley. <laughs> so Sign you know, up. shameless plug. <laughs> since since we're on the since we're on the you know the the point, shameless plug. I will go there. Um, let's let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. In a new career, just we'll go um, there. In this very moment, me, do you have a do you have a dating app that you created? We have a website. For this? <laughs> Is that what you're plugging now? And, yeah so that's that's what i'm pushing to the world is uh is finding your soulmate so let me pull this up actually i'm gonna log into our site here and show you what it looks like um because we're talking about connecting people and the work of our foundation right so this is one of the things that we do um and actually i was fortunate enough to meet my wife through the they have a russian website like the original anastasia foundation in russia and uh, I created a profile on there, kind of spilled my heart out in my bio, it took like two and a half hours to write the thing. <laughs> and uh, she uh, she read it. She's like, this is the guy and uh, contacts me and we fall in love in that whole thing. Um, so Aww. it's great. Um, and so, OK, let me just share my screen <laughs> one more time. Um, you know, so, you know, myself years ago would probably think like this all sounds crazy. This isn't practical, but honestly, it's the most practical thing we could be talking about. We have to find people who we're going to love, right? And be happy. So well, this is our community platform. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Here's the thing. Like, what I keep hearing over and over again, right? And um, even though I have not read the books and the books, thanks to Gabriel, got to me, Um to me, is stepping back into the original way of being. When you talk about, you know, teleportation, and we're talking about, and then I'm going to go into telepathy and reading minds or whatever the thing is, and, and um, shape-shifting and all of that, I think that's our natural way of being, you know? And yeah. we've, because of the way we've decided to kind of take you know, our societies, we've plugged away from that. And this to me is a way to remember, whoa, this is our natural state. Like when you think about the mm -hmm. fungi, right? And how they communicate and all of that, that's us. So it's just plugging yeah. in, plugging back into how we are naturally designed to be like our own technology and how that's possible. Right. I just want to put that in because for some people who may think, oh, this is too far-fetched, you're talking about this magical thing or whatever, it just feels like it's not real, but it's actually the reality and how things have been inverted and how now we right. think is like, oh, like I need to do this thing or no, that's not possible. And that's why I think we see it in children where they're so pure, anything is possible and they actually get to do things that we go, oh, how are you going to do that? Right, but they don't have the blocks yet, and so they are communicating and they are perceiving and taking in and giving in a way that we just, you know, most of us have just forgotten. Mm -hmm. I just that yeah. before you and one hundred percent. And to your point, Anastasia says that she's helping restore the lost abilities in people. 
mm-hmm. right? Because that, it really yes. is what it yeah. is. As our consciousness is purified, as our minds and hearts are purified, these things start to open up to us. Yeah. We start to be more intuitive and more in tune with the universe and all these abilities and, and things start to come back. So it is natural. Yeah. And it's like, some people are like, oh, Anastasia is superhuman or whatever. It's like, or is she just the most normal human that exists? Right. She, <laughs> right. She's like, right. Like the rest yeah. of us kind of went off on this crazy path and she stayed on the right path, you know, <laughs> and, and she's just a, a great example of what a human actually really is, you know? And then it goes back to Wes' experience with that bear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did that, did that bear interact with you, Wes? Or what you just saw him or her? No, it got, so first of all, I feel like if I saw a bear, I would be afraid, like just in my head, like, oh, a big bear, like dangerous, but I wasn't at all. That was kind of the most shocking part. And it just kept coming towards the house. And I was like, no way, this bear is really going to come up right to the house. And it got within maybe 20 yards of the house before the dog chased it off. And watching that bear run, it went from like this fuzzy ball. And when they run, they expand. And I could not believe the strides that it was taking. And it just took up, took off off this hill. Um, But it, it was really that experience. It made me start listening to the birds more, you know, like I feel like the, yeah. the way the birds talk, they talk mm-hmm. like in fast forward, you know, kind of like Alvin and the chipmunks, but even way, way, way faster. <laughs> yeah. There's novels in that little chirping. Yeah. Um, a couple of the things that I would add Boslin and Gabe go on his diatribe, which I appreciated, is one of the things, the messages is everything in the technocratic world is a cheap imitation of what already exists in the natural world. And so one great takeaway I would like to give everyone is there's a documentary called Moonwood. It's on YouTube. It's uh, it's about the, the secrets of timber. And there's actually a proper time of year when you're supposed to harvest timber. Mm. And when you do it correctly, the homes that you build out of this are basically fire resistant, pest resistant, mold resistant. Uh, It's an amazing documentary that really encapsulates how far we've strayed in our building materials, which is so wasteful, so toxic versus what already existed. And this knowledge existed years and years and years ago. Reason it's being brought forward now is because of old cello makers in Europe, like that all this stuff still held somewhere. And that's another message in Anastasia's books is that we have fallen from a, a, a society that knew all of this. Right. Yeah. Um, another thing that I would say mm. is that everything in nature wants to serve us like the way your dog does. All your dog wants to do is make you happy all the time. Yeah. So um, in planting your garden, which we should all have, you know, if you live in an apartment, name your plants, you know, these are your friends, you should communicate with them. And so when you're planting your garden and you're working with the life force of this realm, put the seeds in your mouth first, because the seed will pick up the DNA in your saliva and when it grows <laughs> fruits, it will complement you specifically. Yeah. And 
that's been, I've definitely experienced that in firsthand knowledge in my own gardens. I mean, everyone probably has, if you go eat a conventional tomato versus one that you grow yourself, like it's not even the same plant. It's insane. Right. Um, another thing is when Gabe was talking about the Ken's domains and the Ken's domain settlements, you don't think of it as a family homestead. Really a better description is uh, a spaceship time machine, you know, because <laughs> this timeless yeah. energetic this, field being created there yeah. that allows you to transcend space and time. You know, yeah. uh, the, the technocratic world has removed us from our, our roots and our traditions and our, and our families. Um, and th they want us to, you know, uh, move to their culture. You know, in science, the media in the auger in the petri dish grows the culture. So that's why you see this horrible media. You know, it's growing this horrible culture, and that's all intentional. You know, to remove us from yeah. where we used to our, our pristine origins. Um, another note is that uh, in our interaction with the with the Russians, is one of the things that they wish they had done is they wish they had made their settlements closer to the urban centers, so they could get more early adapters from the technocratic world to see this type of lifestyle. Because right now they're very remote. You got to travel, you know, a long time to get to them. So one of the a one of us, some of them are more remote than others. Mm -hmm. So one of our strategies um, with the Anastasia Foundation is to try to create these living um, examples, these demonstration plots within an hour or two of urban centers. Yeah. Um, uh, another note I would say is that a lot of people are familiar with the prophet, uh, uh, Edgar Casey. you know, mm -hmm. it, he said that, uh, the hope of the world would come out of Russia. And there's mm -hmm. several kind of examples of, 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 uh, you know, these mystics citing Russia and, and knowing there's a lot of knowledge that, that is to come out of there. Um, what else was here? Oh yeah. So Anastasia describes humanity. Um, man or woman, uh, wombed man, as being the embryos of gods. And because we get caught mm -hmm. following the unnatural programming, we never achieve that, you know, but that is within our possibility. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I would say is that, you know, these books are out of public. They're, they're no longer being published. They're out of print. They're very hard to get. You can't get them. They're expensive. Um, so we've created a library within our foundations of sharing so people can get them without paying a whole lot of money for them. And then the other thing is that you don't really even need to read them. No one reads anymore these days. If you go into nature, first of all, nature will challenge you when you first go in because it's not used to you being there. It's going to try to scare you out by putting thorns in your feet or, you know, yeah. burn you with plants and stinging nettle, whatever. Um, but if you can embed yourself in nature and begin to harmonize in that world, all of this information, you will intuit it. it, it uh, and there's people doing that. Like I know people who've never heard of the books or are already living in nature and they just know this stuff without yeah. it. You don't have to give them the books. Yeah. But yeah. That would be. Mm. Yeah. Well, the Kin's domain model specifically is something that Anastasia says that people there's a lot of solutions and things that she gives in the books that haven't really been picked up by people. And whether it's because of like their culture or lifestyle or consciousness, 
But like the beautiful thing is that her retaining all these things, um, she's been able to kind of share that um, and the idea of the kin's domain and the settlement and preserving love and like reincarnating on your um, domain and, and all those things. And one thing Wes was saying earlier about like the interaction with nature, I wanted to read a quote um, from book four and uh, Anastasia is saying, um, God, our father also speaks to everyone with the request and answers every prayer. And Vladimir says, then why doesn't anyone understand his words? And she says, words? The peoples of the earth have so many words with different meanings. There are so many diverse languages and intellects, and yet there's one language for all. One language for all divine callings. It's woven together out of the rustlings of the leaves, the songs of the birds, and the roar of the waves. The divine language has fragrance and color. Through this language, God responds to each one's requests and gives a prayerful response to prayer. And so it's like, you know, God is speaking to us all the time, but we're so embedded in this technocratic world that we can't even hear his voice. He's all around us all the time. You look outside your window, you see some trees. That's God's consciousness manifested right there. You know, and he's trying to talk to all of us all the time. You look in the mirror. Yes. Through um, us. Through our own bodies. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. Mm. Do you want to um, share what you were sharing, Gabriel? Yeah. Cause you're, but- oh, the community platform. So yeah. I kind of scrolled through that a little bit, but that's one of the programs that we have is a place for people who either want to meet other Ringing Cedars readers near them. If you want to meet your soulmate, you can do that. Um, and you, you create a profile, you write about yourself. You saw all those profiles on there and all these people are, they're real. There's no bots. They're sincere and people are connecting with each other all over the world. And I don't know if, if people have fallen in love yet, but I assume so I should probably put in some kind of like feedback mechanism to get those stories. Um, we've got almost a thousand people on there and, uh, it's going to be growing a lot. And so, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And and actually to that point of finding your soulmate, because it's such an important thing in creating the land, I wanted to read one of my favorite quotes from the books. Um, Vladimir says, let each one of us take a small plot of his land, pull his whole mind and whole spirituality together and create a very small but concrete paradise. He will transform his little piece of land on our large planet into a flourishing garden giving a material embodiment to his spirituality, following God's example. If millions of people do this in a whole lot of countries, then the whole earth will become a flourishing garden. Mm. A father and mother who are actually creating a space of love for their children are more spiritual than the most celebrated wise men who only talk about spirituality. Mm. Let the spirit of each man spring up from the ground as a beautiful flower, a tree with fragrant fruit, let this take place on every single hectare of our planet. Oh, and I mean, mm. that's what we're really talking about here because we talk about spirituality, but what do we do? How do we yeah. live? The world yeah. stays the same. The destruction continues yeah. and, and families are still falling apart. I, mm. I know you've met some people who say they're all spiritual and they're actually, they're kind of mean and they don't have good relationships. <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're like, I'm so spiritual. And and um, how spiritual are you? And Anastasia says, um, 
if you can't make your family and the people you love and, and the close people around you happy, then that's a pseudo spirituality. You know, mm. if the people around you don't feel love and happiness from you, pseudo spirituality, you know, mm. and um, it, it it is what it is. And so that's, that's what this is all about. Mm. Mm. Wow. There's so much to unpack. It, I know. That's, I want to know, do you, right? What would you say, Liz? No, just so much to unpack. Yeah. Levels of like something that comes from such a practical perspective mm -hmm. to really like coming down to the nitty gritty of like your own reflection of like the earth being mm -hmm. a reflection of your own beauty and your own connection mm -hmm. to and just all of that. And as Wes said, how nature wants to serve us, but we've disconnected from that. So we, you know, exploit the earth. And it's so like the little pieces of disconnection and then being aware of them to see where we can link up again and make that connection and start to really recreate heaven on earth. Cause it's, a, it's in here, right? It's all in here. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I want to know, do you guys, where are you in the process of having your own kin's domain? And what has that process been like, or what is it like for you? Wes, maybe you can go first. Uh, so I started one in British Columbia on an island that's like 20 minutes from West Vancouver. Um, and it was started out as amazing um but my partner and i ended up splitting and what's interesting is now i we're still friends you know uh, but i see her following the technocratic path oh, wow. and, um and so i'm in the process of taking that one down and rebuilding somewhere else mm. um but what what i appreciated about that whole experience is that if we had never gone and attempted to create this space in nature, we probably would have been stuck in, in the technocratic world together, never really harmonizing completely. You know, there are good points and bad points. Sure. I see that in so many relationships. And the way Anastasia describes it is that when you, that spark of love that you first feel, you know, people call it the infatuation period. If you're able to start building then, and you preserve that in they call it's called a space of love your kinstone name is a space of love and this is where you bring children into the world and, and everything you grow and, and eat and create for generations that preserves that spark and helps it grow into a fire um mm. and then the other thing i would say is that you know my father has passed but he the only thing he wanted and i think most fathers are like this they want to pass something down to their children that is tangible in the sense uh, of a plot of land that, that there's this history um you know it's not just about money it's not about their car it's not about you know you see a lot of relatives fighting over stuff eventually yeah. but if you're able to pass you know if you take all your focus and all your charisma and drive and creativity and you start putting it in this two and a half acres then that becomes so valuable it's it more you can't even put a figure on it with currency yeah. you know right. that's what we should be handing down to each other 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. That was normal in human society until, yeah. you know, yeah. pretty recently. Yeah. Generational land inheritance is like, that was a yeah. thing. Even in America, you could still meet some people who are like, yeah, this is an eighth generation family farm or something. Yeah. Um, but, but the intention behind the domain is so different where everything is created with this intention of like love for the next generation and love for your current partner, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's even different from like a homestead or a farm in that sense. Wow. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Very, very. Um... And for you, Gabriel, are you? Oh yeah. So for me, um, well, I read the books in 2014. I still don't have land, but I am still on my journey. You know, I've been building this foundation and the community for a lot of this time. And um, basically, we have finally arrived in North Carolina and we're looking around this area and want to buy land and all that stuff. So all that is is in the works. There, There's people who have, there's one guy in our group who's a great example. He read the books like 20 years ago in Russian. And he has just now recently narrowed it down to like where he wants to live. You know, he's in the United States. Um, He's thinking Texas. Um, But he has searched all around the world. And I know um, two dear, dear friends of mine, uh, the the wife, she published the books in Chinese. And um, they traveled all around the world for years, like Canada, back, you know, to Taiwan, where she's from, and like, people traveled and, um, you know, they finally found their place in Spain. And um, basically, you know, they're settled down in Spain now. And the main thing, the first step Anastasia says is finding a a piece of land and a place that has a climate suitable to you. And yeah. if it's suitable to you, that means it'll be suitable to your descendants. And right. so that search can take some time. And yeah. for some people, it's quick. For some people, it's it's longer, but I'm at a spot where I'm just like honoring, you know, where I'm at. And I'm honestly not in a rush because I know the end destination I'm going to get there. So I'm like, yeah. you know, just yeah. trying to be slow and intentional. Yeah. Mm. The other thing, the other thing that I would add is that in the Anastasia model, you never pay taxes uh, on your yeah. plot of land or anything that that plot of land creates, whether it's food yeah. or whatever. And so that model really doesn't exist in America unless you're able right. to get bring forth a loyal title and, yes. and, and and do these things. Yeah, land patent. So land patent, that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So those things slow down the process. And and so in order to do it absolutely the way that the books describe, there's a number of steps you need to go through before you really feel secure enough. In, in, you know, starting to build something that's going to last generations upon generations. Yeah. Yeah. She, she says specifically, she says, take a piece of land for yourself in that place in perpetuity. And then Vladimir responds, well, you can't just go and take a piece of land for yourself in perpetuity. He's like, yeah. you can get like a 99 year lease or something. <laughs> and um, that's Russia specific. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then she says, you know, do what you can with what you have, like take a piece of land for a shorter period then, but then find a way to make it yours forever. Um, mm-hmm. And in the United States, you can't really, really do that unless you have a land patent um, and in other British colony countries like Canada, things like that. But, you know, buy your land, 
you have to buy it first anyway, regardless. Um, you have to own it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's so, that's for somewhere. I I I'm curious, not curious, but well, I'm feeling curious about how it all lines up because this whole COVID experience has really opened up the doors for us to understand so much more of what that legal, you know, system is and how mm -hmm. it kind of has its tentacles everywhere and all of that. So I'm curious about how all of that has, because now we're talking about natural law, we're talking about land patents, we're talking about alloidal titles, right? Things that I didn't know a few years ago mm -hmm. and they come to light. And how has that impacted um, in a practical way? Do you guys know if there are people kind of pushing the limits on that at the legislative level or is it just kind of us in the background talking and learning and knowing and doing small little things at a time to create that for ourselves and then eventually because you talked about russia and how they mm -hmm. have legislative land right and i'm pretty yeah. sure that it feels different but do you guys know of anything of the like in the United States, not yet. And, and that's a great point because the development of the Ringing Cedars movement here compared to Russia is not anywhere close. Um, so we're trying to help spark that. Um, but mainly, yeah, it's people who are self-educating themselves and becoming the, the holders of this law knowledge. I, I think in any community or any group of people, you have to have somebody holding that knowledge because how far can you really go without it? Um, yeah. How freely can you operate without that kind of law, real law knowledge, um, yeah. like land patents or whatever, operating privately, trusts and PMAs, unincorporated associations, all that yeah. stuff. Like somebody has to learn that for the greater good of everyone else and share it. Um, yeah. And so we're doing a lot of that in our community as we did an event in August with Ron Gibson, who's the best living land patent master. And we had him talk about like land patents on kin's domains and settlements and all wow. that stuff. Um, and you could go to our website. The replay for that event is available for anyone who wants to see it. Um, but we're trying to educate people in that direction. But um, yeah, it doesn't really, um, not on a legislative level yet but people are learning and there are people in the community who are really learning this stuff myself included and um i think this next wave of ringing cedars resurgence um that's coming uh, basically on the back of the work that we're doing is going to be one that's really well grounded and well versed in these ideas and i think the success rate yeah. for what we're doing is going to be a lot higher so very yeah. excited i feel that yeah. too yeah yeah, we're all learning and growing and expanding together. And yeah, Much such a clear vision. Yeah. So I want to um, ask you guys, of course, like where people can find you, your website, any last message. Um, but first, I wanted to just before we go, I want to say to people, because I know when we talk about these um, living in nature and living among nature, that can get it, people give people an idea that, oh, I have to completely disconnect from all society and civilization, right? And I know that's not no. the case with with yeah. what Anastasia talks about and all of that. So I saw the video on your website and this woman is a hairdresser and she has in her little house, she's got all her machine, all her like 
you know, her stuff and she's super excited. And so if you want to say anything else Mm -hmm. about that, that would be great just to give people a bigger picture. It's a great point. I mean, Anastasia talks about a bright future for people living in the cities too. You know, she talks about, um, we, we don't all have to go run away and live in the forest because we have to clean up the mess that we've made. Right. So Mm -hmm. the cities need to be greened and, and made clean. She, she talks about in book five about the future of, of Moscow, what Moscow is going to look like. She says that the Moscow River is going to be so clean that people travel from around the world to come drink its healing water. Wow. You know, and that's possible. You guys saw if we stop polluting the rivers for a little bit, yep. they clean themselves. You give it yep. some time. Um, and so, you know, the cities um, have, a, have a good destiny, too. So if you don't feel if you feel it's all in your heart, right? God will guide you. Your heart will guide you. Your soul will guide you. Don't feel because you see this ideal of a kin's domain that you have to go rush and do it immediately. I'm on my journey. I'm eight years in and I still don't have the land, but I've, you know, I'm still on that direction. Right. And, and so Anastasia talks a lot about not rushing because she says, when you rush and you're too excited, you make mistakes. And I've seen it happen. And I want to caution people against it. I've seen it happen in Russia. I've seen it happen in the United States. People go too quick. You know, families fall apart because they can't handle sudden changes. Um, You know, there's like real consequences for acting solely out of, you know, really excited emotion. Um, And so she cautions against that. And so, yeah, um, that is an ideal. Work towards it if you feel like that's what you want. If you want to live in the city and take care of that and you feel like you have a mission there, then honor what you feel. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, where can we find, where can people find you and anything else you'd like to share today? Yeah. Well, Anastasia.foundation is the website. There are a bunch of links there, how to get involved with what we're doing. Telegram group, very large and active. We have tons of regional telegram groups. So if you want to find people in your state or if you're in Europe, we have a Europe group, we have a Canada group, we have all these different groups groups on different topics. Um, It's all active, very welcoming community. So you can come. We have the community platform that you saw that's on the homepage of the website. You'll see um, YouTube channel, active. We've got all these things. Um, All the links are there. Um, But I highly suggest anyone who hasn't read the books, go out and read them. Um, We can get you PDFs of the books if you need them. We are working on republishing the entire series. We're in talks with the author right now to get that deal so that way we can republish them and make them more affordable and accessible so all that is in process go read the books if you haven't even if you haven't come join the community and just learn and meet people and uh just be embraced man because it's such a beautiful positive loving community you're gonna love everybody who who's there Hmm. wesley i would just add for for those who those skeptics out there this story begins in the early 90s when with vladimir going into the deep forest of siberia and meeting this woman and her telling him all this akashic record type stuff and cross-referencing with modern day science and he she tells him he's going to write a book and he's like no i'm not going to write a book i've never written a book i'm an entrepreneur that's not my deal but he goes back to moscow and can't get the experience out of his head so he bangs out a manuscript. He tries to get it published. No one wants to publish it. He literally <laughs> starts giving it away for free in the town square. Mm. Cut to the early 2000s. 
it gets translated into English. And at this point in time, it's up to like four or five books long because he keeps going back and getting more information from her. Cut to today. It's now 10 books long. It's been translated into, I don't know how many different languages. Almost 30 languages. Yeah. And sold over 10, maybe even more. 30 million million copies. copies. 30 30 million million internationally. And it's never had a a proper publisher. It's never had any marketing. This is all a word of mouth movement. It's been happening for decades now. So just like nature is slow yet righteous, this movement (laughs) is slow yet righteous. Mm. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. Anastasia says that the words that she picks um, will will heal people's hearts and... um, Basically, she says there will be unobtrusive combinations, formulations made up of letters, and they will arouse in the majority of people good and radiant feelings, capable of overcoming ailments of body and soul, and will facilitate the birth of a new awareness inherent in people of the future. Believe me, Vladimir, this is not mysticism. It's in accord with the laws of the universe. And so the the words of these books are so powerful and so touching to the soul that um, they light people on fire and people just go and they spread the word. And that's, and everything that's happening with this movement is just organic. You know, the, the Russian government didn't get behind it for a while. So yeah. there was hundreds of settlements that were formed before the government even got involved. Wow. <laughs> you, oh, you guys. Future. <laughs> yes. Yeah, thank it's you the both new civilization. So yeah. The last thing I want to say is like, yes. guys, you know, don't let your energy get sucked up in focusing on on the death throes of this dying world. You know, all the stuff that we see yes. in the news is the death throes of this dying world that doesn't yes. serve us. But focus on creating the new. Um, come to our community, read the books, because that's what this is about. Um, it's all about creating the new and this new and beautiful civilization. And so mm-hmm. you can harness your power in that direction and don't be dismayed keep going and uh, everything's going to be all right eventually, you know? Yeah. Oh, thanks you guys. Thank you so much both for being here and sharing. And I think we might have to have you back if that's possible. <laughs> Cause there's so much. Yeah. Get into the nitty gritties and more pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Thanks. Thanks you guys. And bye for now. <laughs> Thank you both. Bye, Tara. Bye, Liz. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>